manifest himself this morning in a mighty way, in a mighty measure. I thank you, Lord God, that our bodies, our bodies are infused with the life of God. Glory to God. Every sickness, every disease, germ, every virus has to flee from our bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I declare every person here healed, healthy, whole, strong in their mind, strong in their body. Glory to God. Strong as a voice into this into the uh, community for the kingdom of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you today for your mercy. <laughs> Glory to God. We thank you, Lord, that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. While we had no desire to follow you or to go after your kingdom, you sent Jesus anyway. Glory to God. Glory to God. It made a way, <laughs> made a way for us to come across <laughs> from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Glory be to God. We're no longer bound by the enemy. We're no longer held slaves. We're no longer held captive, but we're free. Everybody say this. Say, I'm free. In Jesus' name. No more bondage. Amen. How many of you believe that? You believe that? Say amen. Glory to God. Well, you can be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Uh, before we go further, there's. Uh, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that there's someone here today that's been dealing with a digestive issue. It's not something you deal with every day or every time that you eat, but it's something that just kind of, you know, you think it's gone and then it comes back. And you think it's gone and it comes back. Well, I'm here to tell you today that you're healed. Amen. I speak to it now. Just agree with me in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak to that digestive issue in this individual and I command it to be gone. I command whatever the problem is to be healed and be made whole by the stripes of Jesus. I forbid you to torment them any longer. And from this day forward, they'll be able to eat what they desire and what they choose to eat. There'll be no complications. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to God. Well, I'd like to say welcome today. Good to see everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. How many be glad that the veil's been torn? Amen. You know, we sing songs sometimes and you know, and, and sometimes I think we just do it because it's the thing we do is praise and worship or whatever. But I mean, you know, you think about it. The veil has been torn. We can come inside. We don't have to go through a, a priest. We don't have to go through a prophet. Do you hear me today? We can come boldly to the throne. We can walk right up to Jesus, have a conversation to obtain what we need when we need it. Amen. There's nothing standing before us and the Father. Nothing. You say, well, you don't know how I missed it last week. I, well, I don't, you didn't hear what I just said. I said there's nothing standing before us and the Father, no matter what you missed it or how you missed it last week. Amen. Thank God we can come boldly. Amen. We can confess our sin. We say, Father, we missed it. I made a mistake, but he's faithful and just to do what? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory be to God. I heard, I heard a minister say one time, it's kind of like a, a uh, you know, some, somebody may have a trash compactor. You know, you go in, you pull out the drawer, throw it in. Fill it up, hit the button, it pushes it down. The blood of Jesus is like a continuous removal, waste removal, trash compactor. You don't ever have to empty it. It just continuously cleans out the junk. Amen. It cleans out the junk. You say, well, you don't know where I, I messed up last week. Well, you know the blood of Jesus is good for past sins when you missed it yesterday and what you're going to do in the future. And that don't mean we just go out and do anything. You know, we don't go out and live crazy. Don't mean we just go out and do anything that we want to do, but you know, when you get the nature of God living on inside of you, that's the difference. It's when you get the nature of God living on inside of you, you want to do right because you got his nature. When you get born again, that's what it means. You get born and you get a new daddy. Amen. You got a, you get a new heritage. No longer is the, the devil your dad, your, your father. You say, well, wait, wait a minute now. I didn't know he was my father. Well, all I mean is when we had a sin nature, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, let me, let me, you understand what I'm saying? We had a sin nature, right? And really the fact is that's, that's who we serve. Now we might not have woke up and, and worshiped him. We might not have woke up and said, what can I go out and do today to, to magnify his name? But we had a sin nature. But when we get born again, we come over into a new kingdom with a new father, with a new nature. So that means we don't want to go out and rob the, the, you know, the bank. We don't want to go out and rob the convenience store or shoot somebody because we got the nature of God living on the side of us. So when we talk about grace and we talk about the blood of Jesus, we're not saying that we just have license to do anything, live anyway, and do, do whatever, and it's okay. No. God forbid that. What we're saying is, is this, is we have the nature and, of God living on inside of us, and we want to live just like him. We want to look like him. We want to please him. 
But when we miss it, everybody say when I miss it. When we miss it, thank God the blood of Jesus is good enough. Amen. And it covers those sins and the future sins where we might miss it also. Amen. So that tells me we got a good God. And he loves us and sees the world is waiting to hear that. The world is waiting to hear that. People that are bound in drugs and alcohol, they, they know that they're bound with drugs and alcohol. So as a, as a believer, we don't need to go to them and tell them, hey, you need to quit that. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that. We don't need to tell them that. What we need to do is we need to tell them about a Jesus that came to set them free. And not only that, he's already provided freedom through Christ Jesus. All they got to do is reach out and receive it. Amen. He's not condemning them. I've heard pastors say this, and I'm going to say it this morning. The sin is a non-issue with God. People say, oh, wait a minute, what are you talking about? What I'm saying is this, is he's already paid, Jesus has already paid the price, and God the Father knows that sin is already dealt with, so it doesn't bother him. It doesn't mean he wants us to go out and sin. What, what I'm saying is this, is that when, when someone is bound in sin, then God's not all concerned and upset with them and afraid of them. When Jesus came to the earth, what, where did he, who did he walk with and where did he go? He went out among the sinners, right? Glory to God. He went where people were hurting. He went where people were lost. And he ate with them and, and spent time with them. And he manifested the kingdom where they were. Amen. So sin is not an issue with God. It, it bothers more preachers than it does God. It makes preachers upset. It makes Christians upset. Oh, I wouldn't go there, brother. Um, somebody might see you there. I wouldn't go in that place. Don't go in that neighborhood. What if, what if somebody from the church sees you in that neighborhood? What are they going to think? Man, I'm glad Jesus didn't think that. Jesus went to the very pit of hell. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit just quickened that in my heart. You know, the, the world said, don't go in the bar, don't go in there. Well, he's not saying don't go in to drink. We can go in and be a witness. We can go in and be a light in the darkness. Well, Jesus, he went to the very pit of hell. Pastor Buzzy used to say that he went to the, to the prison house of suffering is what he called it. He went to the very heart of the, heart of the earth, the very pit of hell, and suffered there for three days for us so we didn't have to go. Glory to God. So that tells me that he went, you can't get it worse than that. You can't get any darker than that. And Jesus went there. He was willing to go. Amen. Hallelujah. And if he was persecuted, how much, how many of you know we're going to be persecuted? And it even tells us to rejoice, to be happy. If our master was persecuted and we're in the same class as Jesus, we can get happy about it. So if people talk about you, if they say bad things about you, then, then laugh, be happy. Glory to God. Smile. Rejoice, dance. Why? Because we're in the same class as our master. And he never did anything wrong. Amen. Glory to God. Well, uh, we're going to get started today. Amen. I'm going to stick real close to my notes, but we've got some videos that we're going to show first. Uh, are you, are we live? We're already live. Amen. Well, we'd like to welcome you today. If you're watching with us live on Facebook, welcome you to the Grace Life Church. We've got some videos we want to show here briefly. Uh, Pastor West mentioned last week about Emily and uh, Parker. And uh, things that they're doing in, in, uh, in the world, in the area of missions, reaching people. And they kind of, he, he kind of shared some of their vision. But we're going to show a video now. Um, and we want to let you see it. Whoever's watching live as well will be able to see it. Go ahead. You can cut the lights. And what they're going to do is they're going to cast some vision about what God's calling them to do this year, uh, 2023, on the mission field. They're going to talk specifically about Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Let me see if I get it. Say it right. And uh, you'll get to see that. We're so thankful that we get to share with you this morning. And we also we want to share an update with you about our missions projects for this year. So but first of all, we want to say thank you so much for the way that you all have partnered with us in your finances and also your prayer and your encouragement. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we're really excited for this year's projects and all these nations that we get to go to. This summer, we're able to go to Brazil, Peru, and Romania. And then this fall, we are going to India and Bangladesh. And it's going to be incredible. God's already providing connections uh, for Global Ventures and um, connecting people uh, to what we're doing there. And it's going to be an amazing harvest. And many thousands of people are going to be saved and uh, it's going to be awesome. So thank you all for partnering with us. We are almost fully funded for those three summer trips to Brazil, Peru, and Romania. Mm -hmm. So thank you all thank for your you. prayers. 
And thank you guys so much for your giving because you truly are sending out the gospel. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and we also have an awesome opportunity for Bangladesh this year. Um, so I went to Bangla- Bangladesh in 2019. And ever since I went there, uh, God has put that nation on my heart. And um, we feel like we are supposed to do a festival there and we are going to do one. It's already, uh, it's already in the works. It's been being planned right now. And, um, so you've heard me talk about a festival before. Um, you might have heard it as a crusade, but it's where we gather hundreds to thousands of people in an open area and we have, um, entertainment and we share the full gospel. Many times it's where they hear it for the very first time. And um, we also draw for prizes at the end. And that's really what um, draws the people in. They want to win a prize. So, um, But the the best thing about those events is that they hear the gospel. And where we'll be doing the festival in Bangladesh, um, those people are truly unreached. Um, they never heard the name of Jesus before. So um, we get to be the ones telling them the whole gospel for their very first time. And so uh, we wanted to share that with you. Um, you're one of the first people, some of the first people to hear about this. So, um, but yeah, it's exciting. And um, we're thankful that we get to go after what God has called us to do. Yeah, God's moving mightily. It is really exciting to think about the festival and other projects. And with all these things coming up, one thing that God has put on our heart is to pursue this full time. And specifically right now, that means for me stepping away from my job. Uh, and that'll be in May. Uh, but with all that, we are trusting in God, knowing that um, he's uh, Lord of the harvest. He's the one who's sending us out. And um, we have some financial goals with that. Uh, and we in our newsletter had talked about one hundred thousand dollars. But just to break that up uh, as, into specific categories um, for the projects that we have this year, that's about thirty six thousand of that. And then for the festival that Emily just talked about in Bangladesh, that's around $25,000 for that specifically. And then the rest will be for um, supplemented income as we take the gospel to the nations and we go and do this full time. And so thank you all for genuinely caring for us, genuinely sending us out to go preach the gospel through your prayers, through your finances, and through your encouragement. We love you guys, and we're just so thankful to do this together and to help people know Jesus. Yeah. Thank you so much. We miss everyone at the church. Um, Thank you, Pastors Eric and Michelle, for letting us share today and just everything that you do for us. We really appreciate y'all. And um, yeah, we hope to see you in person soon. Very soon, yeah. But have a great day. Thank you. You can leave the lights off. Yeah, I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to show some. I just want to say... uh, all of you here know that she's that Emily is my daughter, so I just want to tell you from my heart, from Julia's heart, how thankful we are for all of you that support and partner with them, and also the prayers that you send is so vitally important. They're stepping out by faith to pursue what God's calling them to do in a, in a greater measure. Uh, I'm going to show you a couple of pictures now. You can leave. Will it show up on the camera with the lights on? This is a. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I think it'll, I think it'll be fine. I want to show you a couple of pictures. This is actually Bangladesh, Bangladesh that she's talking about in 2017. This I've been there twice. This is the first year that I went. Uh, Emily was able to go with me in 2019 uh, when she had actually moved and uh, had already become a part of Global Ventures in 2019. But this is uh, uh, this is what she's talking about doing. They mentioned having a festival. But that's not just like, you know, a carnival or something we go through here in the States. It's got things similar to that. But what they do is, is they have prizes. They have uh, local entertainment. They try to find somebody that would relate to the people that live there. So they have music, songs. They have prizes they give away. They, they may give away a, a moped. A moped is something like a, be like a BMW to us here in the States. You give somebody a moped over there, they're like, man, this, this is awesome. 
You know, I can take my whole family to the grocery store or whatever, and they, you see three or four people riding down the road on a moped together. So that's what they do. Uh, but what they're talking about doing is actually, they usually set up in, in a city at night, uh, go to the schools and the streets during the day, and at night they'll go to a city in a big open field, and, uh, and there could be anywhere between five, 600 people up to, you'll see a picture here in a minute that there was estimated somewhere in 20,000 some odd people. Uh, and this is what they're talking about, sponsoring themselves through their partners, through trusting God. And actually when they have uh, Global Ventures will be there with them, there'll be one crusade going on in one city. And then Emily and Parker with their team will be over close by in another city with another crusade being uh, going on. And uh, if my schedule works out to be there, I want to be there to help support and help in any way that I can. But I just want to show you a few, few pictures so you can get an idea of what we're talking about here. It's a major undertaking, but how many know God is big? Amen. And how many know God cares about harvest? And as, uh, as uh, Elliot mentioned just a little while ago, that it takes money for the harvest, but God's got plenty of it. Amen. Amen. So go ahead and go to the next. We're going to go through these quick. Go ahead and go next. All right. This, this shot right here is from one angle. This is in the afternoon. We do a children's festival. Uh, geared toward children with games and prizes and clowns and so forth. And then it goes right into the evening, a lot of times right into the adult festival. It started raining uh, the day before, and they put up this canopy right here. But there were so many people crammed under this canopy that, I mean, it was, it was several thousand people just under that canopy area that you can see there. Going to the next. These are two girls uh, that are completely covered here, all but their eyes. They're actually risking... You could say they're risking their lives to even even be there. Uh, I had one lady that I was helping up on the stage to give a testimony for healing, and she said she did like that, and some of them could speak a little English, and I kind of eased up a little closer, and she was doing like this, and she pulled out a cross out from under her shirt and said, I'm a Christian. She said, my husband doesn't know, uh, but I'm a Christian. She said, I got born again, and told me her testimony real quick. She went up on stage and gave a testimony of healing for a little child. They got healed. Going to the next. Uh, this is a policeman. We have armed guards in a lot of these areas that we go to. Uh, but I want you to see the look on his face and a couple of the looks on the faces of the, of the people there in the crowd. And I'm going to tell you what he was looking at. Going to the next. As a, the crusade is going forward and the gospel is being preached, this is the passion of the Christ is actually being shown on a projected screen on both sides of the stage. Uh, we got a crew set up here. You can see the laptop here and the projector that's projected on the screen. At this particular crusade, I was helping work this projector, and I was standing up against the fence. There you saw the bamboo fence that was built. And uh, go and click to the next. Well, stop. Hold up. Back up. Back there. Stay on up just a moment. I was standing up against the fence helping run the projector, and that group of people that you saw that was under that canopy, there were so many people stacked in there that they were having to pass children out like body surfing over the top of the crowd to get them out of it because they were, they were suffocating. The body heat was so strong, so, so hot. There was no oxygen. They had to get them out. So they were body surfing them out. And we were taking them over to a place that's kind of like a lost and found for children. Like, what are we supposed to do with these children? And somebody was over there babysitting them. But, uh, I was standing there, like I said, running the projector. And when it got to the part, this is not the actual scene, but when it got to the part before this where they lay Jesus down, the cross is on the ground. They lay Jesus down on top of the cross, and then the soldiers come with a hammer and with a nail, and they, you can see his hand, and Jesus is looking. You can see his eyes look out, and he's looking at his own hand, and they take that spike, and they run it across the palm of his hand, and they stand it up, and they're about to drive it into his palm. At that moment, when they went back with a hammer, it's what this gentleman was looking at, and when they began to nail in, I heard a gasp in the crowd. The whole entire crowd just sucked the air out of that field because they'd never seen it before. I mean, these people have truly never heard, never seen the gospel before. And so when we go to these areas, what we're doing is we're not just preaching the gospel in, in word, but they're showing the gospel in video demonstration. They're doing skits. They're doing uh, dramas, different things. So by the time the night is over, these people have a clear understanding who Jesus is, what he came to do, and that he did it for them. And then we give them the opportunity to receive their salvation. So this is a tremendous thing that, that's taking place. And I want to show you a few pictures of, of, of what she's actually talking about uh, because I've been there, I've experienced it, I've been able to be a part of it, and it's just, a, it's just an amazing thing to see thousands of people come into the kingdom at one shot. Go ahead and go to the next. 
I'm going to go through these kind of quick for the sake of time. This is a gentleman that uh, he donated this land to this school. And a year prior to us being there, he had a severe stroke, and the left side of his body was completely paralyzed. He couldn't pick up his arm. He couldn't really move his leg. And when he was walking up to the, the meeting where we were at at that school, he had a crutch, and he had two guys kind of helping him get there. He had some assistants helping him get there. Well, he came up. The prayer healing went forth. He was healed in his body. And then, of course, we asked him to do things that he couldn't do. And uh, he gives his testimony of who healed him, and he says, Jesus. Yes, do you know who healed you? I'm not done in the Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's wonderful. What's your name? I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm he squats down yes. and moves his arms and everything. Matt, can you turn Let's go to the next. The camera sideways. Very good. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead and skip to the next. This is a Hindu temple uh, in the background. They've actually got some cases in the back with little idols and different things that are in them where they come to worship. We preach the gospel here. And what I like about this picture, the one before that, is you see the faces of these ladies. I know the one girl there's kind of got a smile on her face or whatever. But if, go ahead and go to the next. You can see the difference as we begin to talk about the goodness of God. We're doing some fun games and things with them and able to bring the joy of the Lord to them uh, and just present the gospel and let the gospel that is the power of God and salvation do what the gospel does. Next. This is a gentleman that we were able to pray for that was paralyzed in his arm. Next. Uh, he was just overcome with emotion, and we were actually... The testimony behind this, we, his arm, you can see his arm there. As we began to pray, we got his arm out to about right here, and he could stretch it and move it and open his hand, but he never could get it above his head. And we had to leave. I know Scott and Tabitha's been on trips like this where you see things happen and you got to go, and it's like you don't want to leave, you want to stay because you see the power of God touching people's lives and you want to stay and minister, but when the time's there and you got to get on the bus or you got to go, you got to go. So that's what happened. We had to go to the next village, and uh, I just didn't, didn't want to leave. Uh, but we had to go. Well, I've got a friend that ministers over there. He goes back into the villages, does a lot of follow-up. Well, he was back the next year after this, and he said when he was in that village doing follow-up and discipleship that this gentleman came running to him to meet him and calling his name, and he was stretching his arm and showing him and testifying for the Lord and telling him how the power of God, you know, just giving the testimony, this is what happened to me and my body, and the power of God is real. And, uh, and that was a year later. So go ahead and go to the next. This is... Uh, that's me in the clown suit. It's about uh, 110 degrees is what it felt like. And I'm soaking wet with sweat. Uh, Emily and I got a chance to do a skit together at a school there in uh, Bangladesh. The gentleman you see in the background with the glasses, he's a, a teacher. He was actually healed in his shoulder. He had a motorcycle accident. And uh, we prayed the prayer of healing and asked for testimonies. And, and he, there was severe pain in his shoulder that he dealt with all the time. And his shoulder was completely healed. Going to the next. This is me and one of the teachers. Next. All right, this is the last one. I want you to see these are the festival tickets. And uh, this is a team that stayed back behind working with the local leaders. And they get the, the on these tickets, they get the name, the address, contact information. And, uh, and they follow up with these people. They have churches that they work with that are, that are there in the country. And this is, this is the amount of names and follow-up information that they were able to receive from that festival that they went back and followed up on. And many people get born again when they go back and do the follow-up. Sometimes the entire family, one family came to the festival, they go back and do the follow-up, and sometimes the entire family gets born again. Is that it? Is that the last one? Amen. Well, hallelujah. If you got your Bible, let's open up real quickly to Matthew chapter 6. That's where I want to begin today. So Julie and I are very thankful for your partnership, for your prayers, and please pray concerning that uh, festival coming up that they're planning, that they're actually stepped out by faith. They went to Brother John at Global Ventures, and they said, uh, Brother John, this is what's on our heart. Is it possible? Can, can we do that? And he said, amen. <laughs> he said, you, you can do it. And, uh, but he also said that, uh, believe God. <laughs> Amen. So that's what they're doing, and I believe it, it comes to pass. Amen. Uh, 
There's, there's something about many of you here today have been on a mission. How many of you here been on a mission trip before? Real quick. Several of you have been on a mission trip, whether it be if you've been on one in states, in the U.S., or out of the U.S., either one would be fine. And I know we most of us here have done outreach before, but there's something about a mission trip when you when you decide that I'm going to another country or you decide I'm going to go and, and set aside a specific time and, and a purpose to go, what it does, it changes your mindset. When you go on a mission trip, you dedicate time, money, energy, and faith, and you go with purpose, you go with focus because uh, you make a decision to go. Is that right? You know, but what I want to do today is I want to stir up our hearts concerning manifesting the, manifesting the kingdom everywhere that we go. Because we're not all called to be missionaries to go to another country, but we are called to manifest the kingdom everywhere that we go, right? And uh, it's funny, funny thing that Elliot was talking about. Uh, you know, he said, don't, don't get upset. What if we didn't have to go to a nine to five or to a job? And he said, well, my boss is sitting there. But the thing of it is, I'm all for it. Amen. Let's increase to the place to where we don't have to work a nine to five. We don't have to be tied to a business or to a job and we can go. But until that time, see, the devil would want us to look, the, what the devil wants us to do is he'd want us to look to a time. He said, well, one day when I get to the place where I can go, one day when I get financially able to where I can share the gospel or one day to where I'm qualified or have the resources, then we'll go and we'll do whatever. Well, see, that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to project it out to a particular time. But no, the Bible says today is the day of salvation, Right. Amen. So everywhere that we go, we can manifest the kingdom when we go. When we're at the grocery store, when we're in the restaurant, when we're at school, when we're on the job. Like he mentioned about a plumber, when he goes, plumber goes in a home. Amen. When we're at the grocery store and we see somebody that, that the Holy Spirit leads, it's about being available. Amen. It's about being open and being available and being ready when the Holy Spirit leads us to do something, being bold enough to take that step. Amen. There's something about, though, dedicating, like I said, on a mission trip, you dedicate your time, your energy, your money, your faith when you go. Um, I remember when, every time I go to Peru, this will be my 10th year, when we fly over the mountains and that plane hits those mountains, it's just something changes. It gets right over the top and the clouds, you know, the clouds part and I see the top of those mountains and there's something in my heart and my mindset that switches. It's like turning the switch and all of a sudden it's like, man, we're here. We're here. It's on, you know. <laughs> It's on, let's go. And if something changes in my mindset. But see, we, we can make that decision when we, when we decide to, right? It doesn't have to be just when we go overseas. We can make that decision to, to change our mindset every day and listen to the Holy Spirit and, and realize that, hey, we're kingdom agents. Amen. We're kingdom people. We're kingdom agents. We're called to manifest the kingdom everywhere that we go. Glory to God. Um, we can dedicate time to pray. We can ded dedicate time to give. Amen. But we can renew our minds and we can be kingdom minded. How, how do we make that shift? How do we make that shift to, to think about that kingdom, about the kingdom? That's what I'm talking about. We can renew our minds and think about what God's word says about the kingdom. Remind ourselves. In fact, it, it, don't turn here. I want you to stay in Matthew, but Philemon chapter one, verse six, you know, I never really read it this way, but it says that the sharing of your faith may become effective this is in the New King James. It says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You know, I've, I've kind of thought about it from the perspective of this is we need to, you know, we've been taught this. We need to acknowledge every good thing that's in us, what? In Christ Jesus. But the first part of that verse says that what? It said that the sharing of your faith might become effective by you acknowledging every good thing which is in you that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. So how do you become effective in the sharing of your faith? It's by acknowledging that Jesus lives on the inside of me. It's by acknowledging that everywhere I go, the kingdom of God goes. When I take a step, he takes a step. Amen. When I step into dark places, I bring the light of the kingdom with me. See, it's by acknowledging that and believing that because if we don't believe that, if we don't acknowledge that, then we're not going to have the boldness. As Kristen preached on a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we're not going to have the boldness to step out and do those things. But if we acknowledge, hey, glory to God, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. <laughs> that I'm Jesus with skin on. Amen. That the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, it dwells on the inside of me. I, heard, I think Pastor mentioned this last, last week or the week before. He said we have the very essence of the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the resurrection power of God. We have that very essence living on the inside of us. See, and that does something to your thinking. It changes your mindset. But you, we have to make that conscious decision 
to make that switch, to make that change, because if we don't, we'll just keep living the way we've been living and doing the things we've been doing. Amen? And we won't be an effective witness for the kingdom. We won't manifest the kingdom everywhere that we go. Now, the word mission means to act. It means the act of sending missions itself. Somebody said, well, I'm on a mission, or I'm going on a mission, or this person's going on a mission. Well, the word mission means an act of sending, dispatching, or a release. Setting at liberty. It means to send or to throw. You can send somebody out or throw someone out or propel somebody out. Amen. Uh, for a specific task to which a person or group is charged. But we get e easily distracted. We get busy. We get non-productive. Um, and that's what the enemy wants. I remember I had a day at work before where you worked all day long. You got through with work and then you look back and you said, man, what did I really, what did I really get accomplished today? Or maybe you had a to-do list. I've done that so many times. I had a to-do list and I got to the end of the day and I said, man, I didn't get, I didn't get anything done. Nothing done on this to-do, nothing. Maybe one thing you exit off. But see, I mean, we were busy. We were doing things, but we weren't being productive. Amen. But, but, but that's what the enemy wants. He wants to be busy. Stay busy. Stay, you know, stay occupied with something, but not to be productive or do any damage to his kingdom. Well, that's what he likes. If we can just, if he can just keep the body of Christ busy, amen, then he knows we won't do any damage to his kingdom. But if we'll be focused, amen, if we'll be kingdom minded, if we change our perspective and think about what we've really been called to do, then we can, we can, we'll do some damage, amen. Like Reinhard Bunke said, he said, we've been called to plunder hell and to populate heaven. Amen. Glory to God. Um, because one day when we stand before Jesus, we won't have regrets, you know, about the house that we didn't build. We won't have regrets about the money that we didn't make. But what we have, we'll have regrets about is what we didn't do for the kingdom. Amen. You know, you, you go talk to most people that's laying on their deathbed. They're not saying, oh, man, I wish I, I sure did miss that, you know, eight bedroom house that I, I dreamed I would have one day. God's not against us ha having things, right? No, he wants us to be blessed, but, but he wants us to use the things, the money, for, for kingdom business. But we're not going to one day look back and think, I missed that trip or I missed that house or I missed whatever. We're going to look back and say the things that God called us to do, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the, the calling on the inside of us for the kingdom of God, what did I not do? What did I not hear and heed to? That's the things that we will regret, but we don't have to be in that place. Amen. We can be in tune to the spirit of God. Now, Matthew chapter six, verse 19, uh, in the King James, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust dust corrupt, where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust dust corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. So see, there's ways that we can lay up treasures in heaven. Amen. And that's by establishing his kingdom upon the earth. It's about telling people about the good news of Jesus. Glory to God. About what we have on the inside of us that we can give away. We can give to, to someone else. Glory to God. Uh, I heard this from a minister a few weeks ago. You know, we see videos like we did today about Bangladesh. We hear people talking about going to, to a foreign country, how they hadn't heard about Jesus. But you know, right here in the United States, that there's people that haven't heard the true gospel. You say, well, everybody's heard about Jesus. Everybody's heard the name of Jesus. There's churches everywhere. There's Christian schools. But what I'm talking about is the true gospel. There's people right here today in this city, in this county, that hasn't heard the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, and the simple message is this, is that God's not mad at you. Just that one statement right there, there's, there's people that don't know that. They've been to churches. They've grown up in churches. Amen. They've heard about Jesus. They may not even been to Sunday school or to vacation Bible school, but they don't know the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace, which is what he is. It's not a subject of who God is, that God is not mad at them. Amen. He's not counting up their sins, but he came to forgive them. One of the most famous scriptures in the Bible, the most commonly read, read is John 3.16. But if you go into verse 17, Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but I came that the wor so that the world might be saved, might be forgiven. Glory to God. So he didn't come to condemn us. He didn't come to count up our sins or our trespasses, but he came to counsel them. He came to blot them out, and it's already done. So that's the good news that I'm talking about. We don't have to go to a foreign mission field. We can go to the neighbor beside us. Amen. We can talk to our coworker, whoever it is, and we can tell them the true gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is this, is God's not mad, mad at you. He's not mad about what, how you've missed it, 
about how you lived in the past. Amen. But he's got a plan and a purpose and a hope and a future for you. See, people are hungry. They, they, they want to know. They want to know. They're open. Glory to God. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we're going to read some scriptures concerning that here in just a minute. Um, so these people hadn't heard the true gospel. Glory to God. But they have to hear it in order to believe it, right? The scripture tells us that. How can they hear without a preacher? So we're the preachers. We're the, we're the ministers. We're the, we're the ones that are carrying the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to others. Hallelujah. Uh, pastor made this statement a few Sundays ago. He said, we need to advertise Jesus more. You know, you see advertising about the Super Bowl, different things, and all the commercials during the Super Bowl that everybody can't wait to see, you know, this and that and whatever, and what's the best commercial. But see, we need to advertise Jesus. Glory to God. We need to advertise him more and advertise him better. Uh, Miss Phyllis is not here today, but how many of you remember, some of you know Miss Phyllis for a long time, years and years ago, she used to go in the grocery stores and she would pass out samples. You remember that? I'd see her in the grocery store and She'd have little, you know, you've seen the ladies have little samples of the sausage or whatever or the cheese, and they're passing out samples about a product. They're trying to get you to do what? To buy their product. And, you know, and some people go back for second and thirds, and, and they go hide around the corner, come back and get another, another sample. Now, they're not doing that to, to feed you. They're doing that to get you to want to come back and buy something, right? But what they're doing is they're passing out samples. They're being a, an advertisement for the product. Well, that's what we're to be. We're to be an advertisement for Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. To pass out samples of who Jesus is, of his love, of his goodness, of his grace, and his mercy. Amen. And I know uh, some of you heard this story before, but uh, Elliot mentioned our business. What we do is we minister to uh, minister. I guess you would say that we minister to convenience stores. Uh, but we sell products to convenience stores. And, uh, and I've told this some of you before, but it'll bear repeating here because it fits. I was sitting in front of a convenience store one day, and, and, and before I went in to do my business, the Lord said, Stop just a minute and watch what's taking place. Watch what's going on. And I said, well, Lord, what are you, what are you talking about? And he said, just be still and I'll show you. So I said, okay. You know, when the Holy Spirit says it, the best thing to do is just say, okay. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to reason with it. Just say, okay. So I sat there for a minute and there was a gentleman came in and came out with, a, you know, with his beer. Another one came out, bought him, you know, some cigarettes or whatever. I went on in and finally he said, well, go on in. I still didn't understand what he was doing. He said, go on in. So I went to the store and while I was in there, a gentleman came in and he talked to the clerk and he said, uh, hey, let me get one of those movies. And I know what he was talking about. He wasn't talking to me. I was just standing at the counter, at the side of the counter, about waiting to talk to the, to the owner. He said, I need to get one of those movies. So he reached down, pulled out a box under the counter and he had pornography under the, under the counter. And he pulled out a DVD, sold him a DVD. Then the next man came in and went in and they had drug paraphernalia. You see it everywhere. It said for tobacco use only. Yeah, right. You know, that's what they're using that, they're using that stuff for. They had the pipes and, the, and, and everything that they smoked drugs with. And, uh, and the guy came in and bought a pipe. So I got through doing my business with a man. I walk out back to the car. and said, okay, Holy Spirit, what are, you trying to, what are you trying to show me? I know you're showing me something. What is it? And what he began to reveal to me is this. He said this statement to me. He said, the world and Satan has made sin very convenient. They can go right to the convenience store and get the paraphernalia. They can get the pornography. They can get the alcohol. They can get anything. There was prostitutes in the, in the parking lot at this one location. I've seen it multiple times. They can go in the, in the world and Satan has made sin so convenient. And what he spoke, I said, okay, I, I see that and understand that. And he said, but I want you to notice there was people that came in. They had, some of them had on suits. Some of them come in and, and they were mechanics. Some of them came in and they were homeless people, lived on the streets. There was men, there was women, there was all walks of life, and it affects everyone. It's not just the homeless. It affects sin, affects everyone. And the devil knows how to package it, right? So I said, okay, Lord, what are you showing me? He said, well, the world and, and the enemies made sin so convenient, so easy. And he said, well, the church has missed it, is we have to make the gospel as convenient and readily available as the world has made sin. And I questioned that. I said, Lord, I, I, you know, what, what are you telling me? What are, what are you trying to show me? And I know there's ways, different things you could, you know, he showed me about that, ways that we can be witnesses. But the number one way is this, is for us to manifest the kingdom everywhere that we go. Think about this just a minute. I was thinking about that large church that we saw on the, on the screen as we were singing that song. Thousands of people. Think about the, how many believers are in this nation. Think about how many believers are in this county. What if we came together and we manifested the kingdom everywhere that we went? You're talking about a takeover. Many, just, just that one church with those thousands of people, if they went out into whatever city that they lived in on one given day and they said, we're going to go out, we're going to manifest the kingdom today. 
we're going to go out and we're going to shine the light of Jesus in this, in this city today. What difference would that make? I mean, could you imagine the impact that that would make if they manifested the kingdom and they made the gospel available? See, these people that are bound in sin, they, 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 they're looking for something. But what they what they found, it doesn't fill them. It brings heartache. It brings pain. It pushes them down lower to a place. Instead of bringing them out, it pushes them down lower. And then once they give into the sin, the devil jumps on and says, you dirty dog. You know, look, look how you missed it. Look how you failed. And he'll get on top and just push them down lower. But what the love of Jesus does, the love of Jesus lifts them up. Amen. The love of Jesus brings them out, pulls them out of that pit. Glory to God. Just like he pulled us out. Amen. See, we go and we pull others out of that pit and take the good news of the gospel to them. Hallelujah. The good news that the debt's been paid. Hallelujah. That it's finished. And all they have to do is believe it and receive it. Hallelujah. So the devil hopes that we wait until we feel qualified and anointing before we go and manifest the kingdom. That's what he's waiting on. He's waiting on that we feel qualified until we get gooly bumps and we feel anointed until one day, you know, that like a lot of people say the coming revival or, you know, you know, I, we're, we're in a great awaiting, awakening now. Revival is here whether we believe it or not. And revival starts with us. The awakening starts on the inside of us. And when we decide to go out and make a decision, like I talked about in the beginning, we can decide to manifest the kingdom. We can turn the switch, switch all of a sudden and have a, a conscious decision and change in my mind. Hey, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm here to manifest the kingdom. I'm making a decision today to go out and manifest the kingdom. Amen. So we don't have to wait till we feel anointed. Amen. We don't have to wait till we think that we're qualified because we are qualified. Amen. How much more qualified will we ever be when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords decide to take his residence on the inside of us? How much more qualified can you get? Glory to God. The one that defeated hell. <laughs> the one that stayed in hell for three days and whipped the devil in his own backyard, drug him up and down the streets and made a show of him openly in front of all of his enemies and said, look, this is what I've done. He has no power. No, he has power. I've taken his authority. See, he doesn't have any authority unless we give him that authority. He prayed him up and down the streets. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. Glory to God. And now he gave us a name. He gave us the keys to the kingdom. He gave us a name that's above every name. Amen. So how much more qualified do we need to be? Glory to God. So the kingdom of heaven is in us. And it's takeover time. <laughs> See, that's a different mindset. It's thinking differently. It's takeover time. And I already mentioned this, but Brian Hart Bunky, that's what, it, that's what one of his mottos. He said, we're going to plunder hell and populate heaven. It's just a, mind, it's a, it's a mindset shift, thinking differently. Jesus lived and operated out of the kingdom when he walked and when he lived on this earth. Uh, let's go over there and look at that real quickly. You're in Matthew. Go over one book. Let's go over to John chapter 4. I just want to stir you up this morning. We've got some things planned coming up. I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, we're going to have a sign-up sheet out next Sunday, but we've got some things planned. Uh, March the 4th, I believe, will be our first one. We're going to do some uh, outreach in the community. And what we're going to do is we're going to make a, a place that's available. We're going to make a decision, and we're going to set a date and a time, and we're going to have more than one. So I know people have schedules and things that we do. God knows that we have a life, and he knows we have families. But see, that's, that's, that's the difference is this, is let's make it a decision that on this day or these days, we're going to go out, we're going to manifest the kingdom. Amen. So we're doing some things. We're going to, the first will be on March the 4th, and we'll do some others after that. It'll be about an hour and a half uh, to two-hour event, and we're going to go out, we're going to take the love of Jesus. Amen. We're going to take the gospel. We're going to do some things similar we've done in the past where we're going to take uh, some items or where we can give somebody something. We're going to mix acts of kindness and the gospel together. Amen. And we're going to be led by the Holy Ghost. We're going to give, give them an item, but we also have the gospel ready to go. And we're going to share the gospel. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to get people healed. We're going to see people delivered. Amen. But if we don't go, if we don't get out where the people are, then we're not going to see the kingdom manifested. Amen. They're not going to come in these doors. Amen. And I'm talking to myself. I'm not preaching to any of you. I'm, I'm talking to myself. I've got, to, I'm, I've got to make the decision. I'm not getting on to anybody. I'm guilty as anybody of not making the decision. You know, I make the decision to go to Peru. I make the decision to go to different countries when the Lord calls me. And I make the decision when I'm out and about and I see people and the Holy Spirit speak. So we're, the thing of it is, though, is that we can make that decision and choice when we decide to, right? 
So all we're doing is we're just going to make opportunities available and we're going to go out and we're going to watch the, the kingdom of God manifest. It reminds me of, <laughs> and Scott was there with me. He, I, I don't know if I've seen anything like this to this day. He was with me one day and we, and, and, and a lot of you were there when we did this, but we went back to the house. And what we were doing is we, we, we took presents and Christmas gifts to this family. And we took, a, I think we took a turkey and a ham. Man, we took everything. Christmas gifts, everything. We went to this, this house, knocked on the door, and we kind of scoped out the, the area and got some, uh, some leads, if you want to call them, to start with. And uh, found a house and, and worked with some agencies in town, found somebody that really needed. We go and knock on the door. And when they opened the door, we look in, and the, and the floor was dirt in Chilton County. I'm not talking about Bangladesh. I'm talking about Chilton County. You open the door and the floor is dirt. And uh, so we ask him and say, hey, we, we've come and we just want to be a blessing to you. We've got Christmas food and we've got gifts for your children. We find out the ages of the children. Say, can we bring it in? They say, oh, yeah, 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 you, you bring it. So some of us went in. We took the turkey and the ham and put it in the kitchen. And, and, and this floor that was dirt, it was kind of like an old porch that they had closed in. And they had children. They didn't have anywhere for them to sleep, so they turned it into a bedroom. So we're out there talking to the family. Some of the ladies went in, took the food. And I'm just standing there, and I look over at one of the children on the bed, and he's laid on the bed asleep. And I look over at his face, and he's got a bug that's crawling across his face right here. And he's he's laying back, got his mouth open to sleep. And I just kind of make my way over, and I kind of like, I kind of like did this, scared the bug away off the child's face. Well, that was a blessing to him. But we go back to the church. We had a Christmas party, and we realized we had a 12-pack of drinks, whatever it was, in the the truck. We didn't give it. So I said, man, we forgot the drinks. I said, does anybody want to go with me? And Scott said, I'll go. So we jumped in the truck, took back over to the house, you know, and we get there, knock on the door. When the man opens the door, I mean, the kids are everywhere. I mean, they're wrapping paper all over the place. They got those trucks on the dirt floor. Man, they go and play with toys. What are just the happiest Christmas you could imagine for them? Uh, But before we leave, we asked the gentleman, we said, sir, because he just can't believe it. He's like, you just don't know how thankful we are. You just don't know. We, I, he said, I, he kept saying, I can't believe it. I can't understand it. Why are y'all doing this? And we said, well, sir, we just want you to know that Jesus loves you. And, and, and he cares about you and your family. Is there anything we can pray with you about? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? But see, that opened up the door. What we did as an act of kindness and showing that God loved them and cared about them, that opened up the door for the gospel to go forth. So we asked him, we said, can we pray for you? Can we pray for your family about anything? Do you know Jesus? And we, he said, yes, please pray. So we stood there, and I guess if, Scott, if I'm telling it wrong, he can correct me. But we stand there praying, and I closed my eyes. I know the Bible said you can watch and pray, but I closed my eyes, and I'm standing there. All of a sudden, we, we, we pray, and about halfway through the prayer, I open my eyes, and the gentleman is on both knees on the dirt floor. His tears just streaming down his face, crying out to God. He got born again gave his life to the Lord and, and received Jesus as Lord and Savior. But it was over some gifts and a turkey and a ham. And then we went back and took some, a 12-pack of drinks. But see, what we did is we manifested the kingdom of God to that family. But if we hadn't have gone and made an opportunity, if we hadn't made a conscious decision, changed our mindset and said, we are the kingdom of God in the earth, he lives on inside of us, we're going to go, then that never would have taken place, right? So that's where that mindset comes into place. That's where the, cha- the change takes place. So John chapter 4, verse 32, let's look at it real quickly. John chapter 4, verse 32, this is a, uh, Jesus. He had just talked to the woman at the well and disciples came back and figured that Jesus would be hungry and, and, and they said, Master, we need to go get something to eat. <laughs> said, aren't, aren't you hungry? Verse uh, 32, they find it here and it says, uh, but he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Amplified says, but he assured them, I have food, I have nourishment to eat of, which you know nothing and have no idea. 33 says, therefore said the disciples one to another, has any man brought him something to eat? So we don't understand it. How did, how did he get something to eat? Nobody's been here. <laughs> and Jesus said unto him, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not, therefore, yet, uh, say not that there are yet uh, four months and then comes the harvest behold I say unto you lift up your eyes look on the fields for they are white all ready for harvest glory to God verse 35 it says do you not this is amplified it says do you not say it is still yet four months until the harvest time comes look I tell you raise your eyes observe the fields and see how they are already white for harvesting 
Glory to God. They're already white. He said, don't, you know, what he was relating to him is this. In the natural realm, it might have been four months before harvest. But he's not talking about the natural. Right? <laughs> he's telling them to look because there's thousands of people out there. There's people that are gathered together and they were ripe and ready for harvest. Uh, uh, if, if, you, if you do a study on this and you look it up, the reason they use the white, the fields are white is because the wheat and the grain, when it, when it gets full and ready to harvest, it looks like a sea of white out and when the sun glimmers over the top of it. It looks like a sea of white. And that's what he's telling them. He said, open up your eyes, look up, look up. The fields are ready for harvest. Don't say four months and then comes the harvest. So Jesus is telling this to us today. He's saying, hey, wake up. It's harvest time. The fields are white. They are ready. Amen. And go and manifest the kingdom. That's what he's telling us to do. He's saying to the church, wake up. It's harvest time. You know, we can't say any longer one day when I think that I'm ready. Amen. One day when everything falls in place. One day when I have the time. One day when this works out and that works out and it, when it's made available. No, we can make the decision and make that change today. Amen. Everywhere that we go, we manifest the kingdom. Glory to God. Amen. Because people are open. You said, well, I talked to somebody the other day and they rejected me. You ever been rejected, Dennis? I knew that, I knew that was going to be funny. Amen. Well, see, the good news is, is this. When we get rejected, like I just said, did they not reject Jesus? Amen. We can count ourselves worthy. We're in the same class as Jesus. But the other side of that is this. Sometimes we plant the seed. Sometimes we water the seed. And sometimes we're the one that brings in the harvest. But all he told us to do was to go out and share the good news. Amen. He told us to go out and share the good news and manifest the kingdom. But people are open. They're ripe. They're ready for harvest. They want to know about a Jesus that heals and a Jesus that sets free. A Jesus that gives them purpose and power. See, the world is looking for purpose. The world is, I'm telling you, the world is looking for purpose. As Elliot said, you don't even have to look at the news. Your phone throws stuff up on it and you see things that are going on, things that are happening. I mean, if, if, if the devil can be so bold, and I, and I know we're on Facebook, so I'm going to try not to get kicked off. Uh, but if, if the devil can be so bold as having certain, I'll just say certain reading times at, at elementary schools, if he can be so bold to have certain shows in public places and parks that involve children and involve people that dress up in certain ways that promotes a certain lifestyle, then how much bolder should we be as a body of Christ to share what is real? See, that's fake. That's bondage. But we have what is real. We've got the kingdom of God living on inside of us. So how much more bold should we be as a body of Christ to go where we go and manifest the kingdom? Amen. So see, that's what I'm talking about. How do we make the gospel convenient? We make it convenient by being led by the Holy Spirit. We make it convenient by everywhere that we go and we see a situation. We know and be at, be at, a, be at a place to where we, we recognize it and, and mentally conscious of the fact that when we step into that situation, we're taking the kingdom of light with us. Amen. We step into a dark situation that all that, that heaven is, it is on the inside of us and it's available to manifest right there at that moment. Amen. But we have to think that way. We have to see ourselves that way. I remember when I was over in Bangladesh, I was up at 5.30 in the morning taking a shower and I'm in there and, and, and it, it, wasn't, you know, it wasn't the showers that we take here. But I was taking a shower and I was washing my hair with the soap that I had to wash it with and I'm, you know, lathering up my head, man, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden I hear the, the call to prayer come over the, the loudspeaker. The entire city has a Muslim call to prayer. And that was kind of, it was kind of strange. I'm just here to tell you. I'm in the shower, you know, and, and it just blared through the whole entire city. I could hear it in the hotel room. And they don't just do it one time a day. They do it multiple times a day. And we were in a country with 98% Muslim people. But I knew we were there on purpose. We were there on a mission. We were there for a reason. And I knew that the kingdom of heaven was with us. And that the gospel would be manifested. The power of God would be manifested when we share the good news. Amen. And we went in and we, we took uh, ground, glory to God, for the kingdom. And we manifested him in the midst of that dark place. So that's the mindset that we have to have. Glory to God. Now, I want to read this to you real quickly. Uh, this, is, this is from the founder uh, of the Vineyard Church, the one that started the, the Vineyard Church. 
he said, and this is a quote from him, he said, like the forward elements of an army returning to claim lost territory, we're bringing the kingdom of God to bear in this life. As well as looking for Jesus to come and claim the final battle, we're committed to raiding his camp of darkness to free the men and women he's holding captive. As a result, our primary calling is to evangelize and to church or and to plant churches. Again, I'm going to read that. He said, like the forward elements of an army returning to claim lost territory, we're bringing the kingdom of God to bear in this life. As well as looking for Jesus to come and claim the final battle, we're committed to raiding his camp of darkness. You see the different mindset? See, we're the army of the living God, and we're called to raid the enemy's camp and take back what belongs to us. Glory to God. We're committed to raiding his camp of darkness to free the men and women that he's held captive as a result. He said, our primary calling is to evangelize and to plant churches. Amen. Uh, real quickly, in the last few minutes that we have here, that, and, and, and I've mentioned this in the area of, of addiction before, you know, the church has tried too long to change people's behavior. You know, they, they, they try too long to say, don't do this, go here, do that, don't do this, quit drinking, quit doing that, whatever. They try to work on the outside. And that'll, that'll never work. You can't work on somebody's outside action, just like catching fish. I love to fish. I know Bill is a fisherman. But Bill, if you ever caught a fish, and as soon as you got up in the boat, it was clean, ready for the skillet. I mean, you know, you just caught it like a catfish. I know you don't fish for catfish. But they get on the hook occasionally, but you don't really fish for them. He's fishing for bass. So if a catfish gets on there, it's kind of like, just get out of my way, you know, I'm, I, want, I want the bass. But, but when you catch a fish, you don't get it up, and all of a sudden you pull it off the hook, and, man, that fish is just, he's scaled and gutted and ready. All you got to do is batter it, throw it in the grease. You don't do that. They usually stink, don't they, Bill? They stink a little bit, got some slime on them, things you got to do and help them to get ready to put in the frying pan, right, to get them ready to cook. Well, see, that's, that's the way it is with unbelievers. We, you know, people that sin, that's what they do. They sin. We can't expect people to be all clean and do everything right and do everything perfect and look a certain way and act a certain way and talk a certain way. No, they, they, they're not going to do that. So we've been working on people's actions. But what we have to do is we have to change their beliefs. And that's what we do by taking the gospel. We take the gospel to them, the good news about who they are and what Jesus has done for them. And when they get born again, they get a new nature. And when they get a new nature on the side of them, we begin to disciple them and teach them who they are in Christ. And what happens is the actions will just fall into place. Amen. When, you know, it's like the pastor said one time about the guy that smoked. He said, I just want to quit these old dirty things. He said, I don't know how to quit. And he said, well, every time that you get one and, he's, and you light it up, he said, every time you put up to your lips, say, I'm, 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 I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives on inside of me. And, 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 and now I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Everywhere I go, God goes. Made a confession out of it. He said, every time you light one up, he said, man, that sounds kind of funny. He said, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can do that. He said, just do what I'm telling you to do. So he, sure enough, he got one out, lit it up, you know. And you know how the story goes. Every time he lit up one, he would say that. Well, after about five or six days of doing that, all of a sudden he started, he lifted one up to smoke in the light. And he's like, all of a sudden he just didn't want to do it. He realized that there was a change that was made. And what happened was is he began to change what he believed, not what he was doing. And when he changed about what he believed on the inside about who he was in Christ, the actions followed and he dropped that stuff off. Amen. So that's what our job is to do. We're not, we're, we're not to go out and be, uh, you know, the police of somebody's actions. <laughs> what we're to do is we're to go out and take the good news of who Jesus is, what he's done for them. And when they change that belief, the actions will change as well. Amen. And as I close today, what I want to do is I want to relate that to us. And you say, well, I'm not struggling with anything. Well, what I'm talking about is this, is I'm talking about changing our mindset to the fact of, of who we are in Christ and what will happen is is that we won't have to work on our actions. You see what I'm saying? We won't have to work on the fact that I need to be evangelized. You see what I'm saying? It's not a work. What I'm talking to you about today is I'm not putting the law on, uh, you know, I'm not talking about putting the law on you. I'm not wanting to put us back under the law by saying that, oh, we got to go evangelize. we got, we got to go do this and we got to go do that. And if we're not busy about the Father's business, then he's mad or upset with us. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is this our nature. You see what I'm saying? As we begin to change our beliefs, and I don't have time to get into it, but this is, do, do we believe that we're called? Yes, we do. Do we believe that we're equipped? Yes, we do. Because he lives on the inside of us. He's given us his Holy Spirit. 
Amen. That lives on inside. Now we're the temple of, of Holy Spirit that lives in us. And we can take that. We, we are equipped. We are called. Amen. And we are qualified. But what we have to do is we have to change our mindset to believe that. And when we change our mindset and we really and truly believe that, then what will happen is our actions will automatically change. You see where I'm going with that? So it's not just about the unbeliever changing and getting born again and then helping them renew their minds so that the, the things that they do will fall away. It's also about us as believers is, is beginning to, to have a mindset and changing our thinking about we're kingdom agents. Glory to God. We're called to be part of it. We are the army of God. And we're called to take back ground. We're called to go into the enemy's territory and take back that territory. And if they got prisoners held captive, we're called to go in and set them free. I'm telling you what, man, it's an adventure. It's an adventure. Glory to God. There's no better, there's no better fulfillment, no better life, glory to God, than, be, than to be used by God to set someone free. Amen. Glory to God. So when we change that mindset and we really believe that, then what happened is, is, man, we just can't wait. We'll go into a restaurant instead of thinking, you know, I'm going to eat three hamburgers today. We'll go in a restaurant thinking, who is it here that, that needs the kingdom? And while you're eating that hamburger, then you see somebody who said, you know, I believe the, the Spirit of the Lord said they've got a shoulder injury that, that they hurt way back in football. See, the Holy Spirit will give you a word of wisdom. He'll give you a word of knowledge if you're open. And when you go over there and share it, they're like, how did, how did you know that? Oh, I just, I, you know, I believe the Lord just wanted me to pray for you. And all that does is that opens up a window. Or maybe you buy their meal, whatever it is, see. But you have to have that mindset. And when we change our mindset and we really believe that, then all of a sudden it'll just be something that we can't hardly wait to do. We can't even hardly wait to get out, amen, and let the, manif the kingdom manifest through us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we're equipped. <laughs> we're ready. We're able. You know, when the, when the military, I'm going to say this because I'm not a military person. See me look up at Elliot. But the military's job is to equip a person, right? To give them the necessary tools, equipment to get the job done. And if they need backup, they should be able to call in backup to get help when they need it. Glory to God. Well, the, the Heavenly Father has equipped us. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is our backup. Glory to God. And all he's asked us to do is just go and open our mouth. All, he's, all he asks us to do is go and stretch forth our hand. Amen. So we can make that change. We can make that shift in our mind. And when we do, we'll see the kingdom of God manifest. Amen. I'm finishing up with this. I've already told you we, we don't have to sign up today. Uh, but we're going to have a sign up in the back. It's March the 4th will be the first date and we'll have some right now. We're, we're looking at at least doing one a month, possibly stepping that up to doing a couple of months. Uh, but we're going to do an outreach in the community. It'll be in the city of Jemison to start with. And, uh, you know, we're not going to throw you out. If somebody said, well, I've never really done that before. We're not going to throw you out to the wolves and say, go do this and go do that. No, we'll partner with somebody. If you're not comfortable speaking or whatever, we'll partner with somebody that is. But what you'll begin to see happen is, is the kingdom of God will manifest. I mean, we've seen it over a 12-pack of drinks. We've seen it over uh, carrots one time that we had left over for food ministry. They took carrots out to an apartment complex and just said, hey, we have some carrots left over. Does anybody need any? Yeah, is there anything we can pray with you about while we're here? Yeah, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. Lady healed of colon cancer. Went back the next time to take a food ministry menu. She came running out to meet us to give us a testimony how she went to the doctor the next day for the operation they did the last test and could not find any cancer in her, in her system over a pack of carrots. Amen. So what I'm talking about, I'm talking about kingdom manifestation. Like that pastor from the vineyard said that we're called to go into enemy's territory and take back territory. See, he tells us to occupy till he's come, but occupy doesn't mean to take up space. Amen. Occupy means to go and take ground. We know the scripture says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But you know, uh, gate signifies defense. You know, if something's got a gate on it, what is it? It's put on there to keep something out. It's a defensive mechanism. So we look at that sometimes as like, like hell's on the offense and he's, they're coming after us, but the gates of hell should not prevail against the church so he can't get us or he can't overcome us. No, that's not what it's talking about. We're to be, he's already defeated, glory to God. Amen. He's already defeated and the church is to be on the offensive and, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, shall not stop the church. Gates are a defensive mechanism. 
Glory to God. But we're to go in to his territory. Go behind the enemy lines. Take ground. Amen. See, people live, people live the way they do because they don't know any difference. They haven't been taught any different. They don't, they don't know. They haven't seen the light of the gospel. Amen. Every one of us in this room, unless you came up in a Christian home. And some of you, if you did come in a Christian home, have learned and grown, thank God for revelation and the word of God. But if you didn't come in a Christian, if you didn't come up in a Christian home, see, people live the way they do because that's all they know. They don't know any different. They fuss and fight and throw things and, man, you know, house I grew up in, we would go somewhere and be like, love you. Love you too. Hurry back. Five minutes later, man, we're throwing pots and pans, you know, throwing bar stools. Something stick in the wall over there. Five minutes later, oh, I love you. Love you too. But we, we didn't understand. The, we didn't know anything about the love of God. Because of offense, when I was a baby, one year old, because of offense, my, my parents quit going to church because they were offended at one year of age. So I came up in a home of, of, of people that knew about God, but they didn't know anything really about who he was and his character, about what, it, what he had done, about the light of the gospel. It wasn't in my home. We had a Bible, but it wasn't read. We didn't understand it. We didn't know. So that's the reason people do the things that they do. That's the reason they live the way that they live. That's the reason they talk the way they talk. That's the reason they steal and kill because they like their father. They steal, kill, and destroy because they like their father the devil. But see, we can go and we can make a change. We can make a difference. We can walk right in the middle of the situation. If we change our mindset, if we believe that we're called, we're equipped, we're qualified, and we have what it takes, and we're not bashful about it, but we go into action and allow what's in us to manifest in that situation. That's all God is asking us to do today. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray before we go today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have, Father, to be a witness, to be an influence, that we are the kingdom of God in the earth that we're called to manifest your kingdom everywhere that we go. Father, we thank you for opportunities even this day as we're out and about, Father, that we can share your goodness and your love and your kindness with others. And Father, I pray for a great awakening even within ourselves individually. That as we're walking in, in this great awakening, I pray that each and every member of this of, of Grace Life Church, Father God, that we're stirred on the inside to a great awakening of who we are in you, of what we've been called to do, Father God, of the of what we carry on the inside of us. And if we make a conscious decision that we're going to make the gospel available, we're going to make the gospel convenient and available to people that, that don't know who you are, that we're going to make it available to them that they can receive and hear and know and receive the glorious light of the gospel into their lives, Father God, so that their family can be changed, so that their marriage can be healed and restored, so that their family can come back together in unity and they can, most importantly, that they can go to a place of eternity and they can be uh, rescued from the hands and from the throngs of the enemy and they can experience true freedom, the freedom that's only given through Christ Jesus. So Father, I thank you that in the weeks to come as we go out, Father, I thank you that, that your spirit goes before us even this day to begin to prepare hearts so that as we go that, that your gospel will be received and we thank you for great results. We praise you. We magnify you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So like, you're dismissed, but like I said, we're going to have the sign-up sheet in the back next Sunday. It'll be available.